1: Hello and welcome to the first Wisden Cricket Daily podcast on the second India-England test at Vizag. A come down from the highs of Hyderabad, but an intriguing first day's play nevertheless. India finished 336 for six, which I don't think England will mind that much about. I'm Yazrana and with me today is Phil Walker. A quick rundown of what happened today. India won a crucial toss and chose to bat first with a commentary team, all bigging up just how flat the wicket looked before play. Those observations were proved to be correct. It was very flat. Jimmy Anderson back in the side was right on the money with the new ball, drawing several false shots uh, without finding that initial breakthrough. The English spinners bowled with decent control early doors on a pitch offering minimum assistance. Shoah Bashir on debut made the first breakthrough, uh, claiming the wicket of Rohit Sharma for 14-quarter leg slip by Ollie Pope for his first test wicket and just his 11th in his first-class career. Schumann-Gill started fluently alongside Jaiswal, who passed 50 in good time, and they threatened to take the game away from England a little bit, but Anderson struck shortly before lunch, inducing a, a feather from Gill after a smart bit, bit of captaincy from Stokes. But after lunch, it was all about Jaiswal Manipulating the field with his nimble footwork, he was the only India batter to really apply serious pressure on the England attack. He reached his second test match ton and his first on home soil and really, really made it count. Hartley got Aya, thanks to an outstanding catch from Ben Fokes, and Ran Ahmed got the debutant Rajat Patadar with one that spat off the pitch. Bashir and Rahan then struck late in the day, soft dismissals in truth, to leave India 336 for six at the close. Phil, what's your sense of how this match is poised? Because on a flat wicket, six of the seven Indian batters didn't get to forty, but the one that did got 179 not out.
0: Well, we can come to the the so-called state of the game in a minute, but you've got to start with Jai. Well, firstly, it's not done yet, so we don't know how far he's going to go yet. Another session, and he's he's looking at 250. He's played what six Test matches, I think.
1: This is I think this is his
0: sixth. This is his sixth. He made two 170s already. I think seven of his 1st first-class hundreds are 150 plus so he could go big tomorrow morning um he's had whispers of support throughout the day but as one comes and then falls and then another gets themselves in and then falls away again the scale of the jsw innings just grows epic with e- with every underachieving partner up the other end and while of course nobody wants to see their partner go in the in his quieter moments, he might look at that scorecard and it gets all the more sexy for the player himself when you just see 20s, 30s, 35s, no one's got to 40. And he's sitting up the top, having faced the first ball of the day and he's one hundred 170, 179 not out. 179 not out. I mean, he, go. It he, was beautiful.
1: He's only just turned 22. Can you remember many batters this young stamping their authority on a serious, um, successful team? Like this, you know, Pant comes to mind, but but not, not many others. Coley, for instance, was 23 when he scored his first 100. J.S. Wells turned 22 this month.
0: Yeah, uh, he looks like a complete and natural player. He plays all around the wicket, plays the quicks well, plays spin effortlessly. Uh, he has a a lovely combination of sort of staccato touch in that he can drill it, punch it, Standing tall through the offside, and then when he allows himself, the wrists will break on the shot as well. And there's a lovely kind of combination of sort of compactness in a sort of con- conventional left-handed opener's way, and then there's a flow as well. You know, there's a there's an echo of Ganguly. You called it earlier. I think that's a that's a good shout. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Said Anwar, actually, who's a bit before your time, but was a top top level uh, opening bat. And the back as Anwar's backlift would come out towards towards gully point and then come back on the line and just getting a similar sense as well with with Jayaswala and that gives him the flow into the shots because he's opening up the hands enabling them to come through and this is a very modern way that opening bats bat these days you don't get that traditionally certainly not among say Indian uh, English openers and so on but it's been a beautiful knock this and he gave two barely even quarter chances Flashing past root, both ran away for four at first slip off the spinner. But aside from that, it's been flawless. Mm. Uh, and the five sixes that he hit as well, each of them absolutely exactly where he wanted them. Uh, the shot over extra cover where he just moves slightly into out and slaps it again with that with the, with the wrist snap. Perhaps that was the shot of the day. Mm. But he also took Ray and Ahmed downtown in the last 20 minutes as well. He's nowhere near it. Nowhere near the pitch of it. It just stays in the shot. That's a
1: huge six as well, like second tier.
0: Yeah, it was a monster and brought up his 100. He was on 94. The commentary team, you know, happily talking through the the delivery. And by the time they finished their sentence, Mm. he stuck it 30 yards back at at straight mid-wicket. So it's been a a masterful innings. Um, the, The age isn't is not relevant when you see a player as natural as that, I don't think. Mm. Um, uh, the one tiny caveat, I suppose, is that the path to greatness never runs smoothly for anyone, and especially if you are a young wunderkind in Indian cricket, mm. and you only have to look at the tribulations of the lad batting three, Shubman Gill at the moment, mm. and Prithvi Shaw is the cautionary tale of a player who had it all, and and then it was whipped away from him before he, in the blink of an eye. Mm. And I'm not predicting any of that for Jai Swan necessarily, but because of the, the sheer depth and breadth of talent, uh, you have to keep delivering all the time or mm. else there's someone else around the corner. But he looks like he's going to be around for a long, long time. And there is a sort of, sort of quiet authority about him. He's not showy. He's not an Instagram baby. He's not got 100 written on his back. On the, on his back. But there is a sort of undemonstrative confidence there. The flair is very self-contained. It comes out at the right kinds of time. He played one sort of wahoo shot towards the end, but that was literally the only false shot that I can think of. Mm. It was an extraordinary knock.
1: Yeah, I think you're right to say how he sort of marries two schools of batting really well, the old and the new Um, He's got all the shots that a modern player has, but he's still got the mindset, I think, of an old school player in that he is waiting for the balls to be in certain areas because he knows exactly what the shots are that he's going to score from. It's just he's got more shots than most opening batters historically have had. And I think your comparison... He went
0: up and down the gears as well, which is a mark of a really, really good player. You know, I think he recognised when it was time just to sit in. And then that last 45 minutes, last hour or so when England were flagging a little bit and he was recognising, I think, that this was perhaps his moment. Mm. Uh, it's just been a, it's been the knock of a, of a player who could be as old as the Hills, but he's 22. But as I say, the age is almost irrelevant when you're that good.
1: Yeah, and he almost um, he almost nullified England's biggest threat from the last test match and Tom Hartley hit Hartley for three fours in a row. And Hartley had bowled f- broadly fine up until that point, but we saw very little of him um, throughout the remainder of the day. I think the comparison with Gill and Shaw is quite interesting. So Ben and I were talking about this in the office. So Ben was at the under-19 World Cup where Gill and Shaw became the next big things. And I was at the one where J.S. was the leading run scorer a-, a couple of years later. And I think Gill and Shaw were probably more hyped. And part of that was probably a, se- a sense of showiness um, they were also very clippable. I think they naturally evoked Indian Titans more than Jai did. I mean, Shaw in particular, you could see Saywag in, in Shaw, for example. People were making the Satch in Mumbai comparisons, et cetera. But Jai in that tournament that I was at was by so far the best batter because he did the dull things brilliantly. It wasn't as if that, you know, he's not, he's not a nuggety player by any stretch, but he's a very good, even at that age, innings constructor you know, he, he scored a double hundred in a 50-over game, professional 50-over game when he was 17. Mm. He scored 11 first-class hundreds now, and he's only just turned 22. He is of, we had a question in from the run-out blog who said, how does he compare to, to, the, to the young guys in Indian cricket? I, I think he is the top in terms of someone who's done it across all three formats now. He's not played 50-over cricket for India, but he's done very well in um, in domestic cricket. Um, and, you know, the comparison with Gill interesting. Gill's been around for quite a long time now. You know, Gil's played 22 test matches, averages under 30. And I think one thing with Gileswell is I think he knows exactly how good he is. And I think that helps him. um, I don't think days like this surprise him. I think he thinks he should be capable of scoring massive, massive test hundreds now. Whereas you feel like other players who have to deal with so much, um, who are perhaps not quite as, you know, laser focused as Jai is almost battling more than he than he is to sort of just stay there with Jai just so concentrated on, on just batting he just loves batting he hits millions and millions of balls um, there, there, there
0: might be the uh the developing of a sort of of a brand with Jai in the in the months and years to come but there's not any sense of that at the moment there's a purity to his story and there's something remarkable as well about his origin story and if if anyone doesn't know it by now, you need to read up on it. Um, apologies, 99p, go and pick up the digital version of WCM, Wisdom Cricket Monthly. Um, because Adya Sharma of this parish has written a masterpiece on uh, the dream factory, you know, India's young kids coming through, uh, the hopes, dreams, trials, tribulations, etc. And Jayaswal is obviously the, the most evocative of all of those stories. Mm. Go and find out about it if you don't know it already. Uh, but what you have now is a pure cricketer you don't have yet the whole industry around him and even the way that he that he carries himself on the pitch you can sense that he does look good but it's it, I don't think he gives a toss about whether he looks good whereas with someone like Shubman who is imprisoned by his own beauty as a, as a cricketer and as a boy and you know we've all seen the the the, the topless you know snaps <laughs> dimly lit on Instagram and all the rest of it. Well, you don't really get that sense with Jaya with Swell. You know, there's a, mm. there's a real, there's an elemental purity to to his game. He is compelling to watch, but he doesn't care. Mm. Uh, and that is ominous yeah. for people for the next few years. Anyone trying to get get him out, you, f- you feel like there are certain players who are going to adorn cricket matches and series and there's other players that are just going to dominate them.
1: He, you know, he also reminds me, uh, I don't know if you like this or not, but he, remi- <laughs> he reminds me a bit of Harry Kane. In the the rest just doesn't really matter. It's like I just I just want to score goals. I just want to score runs. I think I think the other stuff that comes with the fame of Indian cricket, I don't think really bothers as well. He just wants to score more and more runs and. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I think he might win a few more trophies than, pro- than, than Harry. <laughs> probably. And, will. and I say that as a die-in the wall talking fan. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on.
1: Um, you know, Lever- Leverkusen going well in the Bundesliga. Um, so <laughs> he'll wh- be back wh- next year. <laughs> um, what is your sense of how this, this match is poised? Because I, I think that's a decent day for England. Uh,
0: objectively, it's a decent day. You lose the toss, you, you get, you keep them under wraps, and you you pick up six oddly cheap sort of wickets. Uh echoes of the first test India left a few out there they shouldn't have done they they were a bit limp really in that first Test match in the first innings when they could have batted England out of the game England got two four six to win the game in the fourth innings uh I think England will be happy. I think India will be kicking themselves but also if you look at it coldly they'll they'll have to bat poorly tomorrow morning not to get up to four hundred. And while that is by no means a dominant score on perhaps or one of the top two or three flattest tracks in india and the the records play that out nonetheless uh india got runs on the board and the thing is if had put a foot wrong then they could have been in a pickle here i don't think it's as bad a day for india as people will be spinning it uh, but it could have been so much better mm. for them and they will be a bit cranky with themselves two very soft wickets in the last half hour or last 45 both to flat to flat batted cut shots where clearly the ball was bouncing there's been quite a lot of bounce throughout the day which is good for the game I think it's going to be a cracking test match Uh, but again Barat gave it well Axar gave it away then Barrett gave it away both of them batting quite nicely relatively untroubled didn't really need to play those shots and Axar in particular who's batting in the danger position at six big responsibility on him good player big responsibility he'd got away with a couple he'd, he'd flashed hard he'd missed a couple that had bounced and just missed the missed the outside edge and and kicks himself and, and one skewed past root, ran away for four you, you've got to be mindful of that, especially mm. against Bashir, who got him out, whose famed release point means that you do get that mm. overspin and that kick off the pitch on day one when the pitch is is hard and, and flat and true. So they should only be four down, really. Uh, but England being England, even if it was 330 for four, they'll be saying, bowl out for 450, we'll get 500, it'll be a one his game. And yeah. Who blinks first? that That's how England will, will have been thinking about this right from the start, right? Unless everything goes immaculately for you. You're not bowling India out on day one unless something freakish happens, especially at Vizag. But they've, they've made a model for themselves, England, that they don't mind if you are 300 for four mm. because the game is moving along a pace anyway. So there's always going to be time in the game. And when they hit you hard is in the third innings or the fourth innings. And if they can stay with you for those first two innings, then anything can happen on days, days four and five. And so and much of it comes down to nerve and okay. One or two have not gone England's way, but the majority have mm. over the last year and a half under Stokes. So they'll be thinking England, knock them off for 400, 450, 450 is okay. 450 is
1: yeah, okay. I mean, you were going to bring up the last test at Isaac when Safka played there in 2019. South Africa scored 400 in that game and lost by 200 runs. Um, I feel the game is in a very similar situation as to where it was the end of day two in Hyderabad, where I think England have actually done pretty well, but India is still in control. Um, You know, you could look at a a pretty flat deck and just assume England are going to score 450. That's not given at all against this India bowling attack. And as flat as it was, I I do think we saw signs of, of, of very early signs of inconsistent bouts. A couple were low. It, they were slow when they, when they kept low but inconsistent bounce nevertheless and Bashir got, got some extra bounce so you'd expect Ashwin to get extra
0: bounce. Yeah, bang on and and uh, Rayn Ahmed as well his first wicket um, Patida Patida, yeah. Uh, when it ran on off the face of the bat uh, and then because of the overspin that he put on the ball and the bit of bounce that he got it hit the splice and it rolled on and then tickled the, the off stump. Um, just going back to that South Africa game so that was 2019, I think the last Test match at Visag, um, 500 for seven declared, India plays 4-3-1, Elgar got a big 100, um, Rohit and Agarwal put on a monster partnership to get India up to 500 for the first wicket, uh, South Africa then 4 3 70-odd behind on first innings, then India ploughed on in the third innings and won mm-hmm. the game on day five, but but. That suggests 730 runs scored, sorry, 930 runs scored for, the first, for 17 wickets in the first three and three and a half, four days. So you're not expecting the pitch to break up too much tomorrow yet. Maybe not even on day three. Day three will probably be the best. That's what they were saying on the commentary that day three might be the, the best day to bat. And then, of course, it's going to start to crumble after that. <laughs> but there wasn't as much lateral spin as there was on day one at Hyderabad today. One or two went towards the end, actually, with Ray and bowled a couple of nice overs. He bowled very well, actually, in the final session. But I think I think the pitch will be nice to bat on for the next two days, at least. Uh, and if England can hold on to the coattails of India, they don't want them to, to run away tomorrow. You know, if you get up towards 450-plus, then India can control the game. Mm. And with, obviously, their three spinners, and you know the way England are going to play, You'll need another Pope-like knock yeah. for England to hold to hang on to them if they get away from them. Well, if
1: if the pitch behaves as as you say it might, based on what the commentators have said, England could be in a bit of a pickle themselves in that they get to the end of their their first innings and the pitch is basically as good as it will get across the Test match, and then they're the only team that really bats when it properly disintegrates. So. It'd be very interesting to see how quickly a the pitch disintegrates and 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 two the pace of the game. Right. How long can England bat? I do think potentially this is a time where England will want to bat long overs as well as getting an enormous score. I hear we'll that. See. We'll, I, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> I, I doubt that that will factor too strongly in their mind. I, I think it'll be. You know, the, the danger the danger is when you you know it's, it's a massive toss to win. Yeah. And the danger is that as a team. Uh, who takes the field first, you're the only team who really gets the difficult batting conditions. Um,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, England, as I say, they're the most dangerous in the third and fourth innings. But in this game, which is a, daring to be a conventional test match, dare I say, they need to be ruthless in their innings, mm. their first innings. Uh, they need to hope that they can bowl out, India out by lunch for, for around 400, 420. And then they have to think we have to get 450, 500 Mm. And then we have a little bit to play with.
1: Probably bat at least four sessions yeah, themselves. Because
0: you you know the way they're going to go in mm. the final day and chasing anything around 150, 200 is going to be a big, big, big ask. Mm. So they have to do their good work in the first innings. And that's almost too conventional for Stokes' <laughs> tastes. But that's the way that they that they get yeah. a result in this game. I
1: actually think Stokes is, has quietly become slightly more conventional as, as this series has, has progressed with his fields. You know, at, at times today, they were just normal fields. Um, and he said he was learning from how Rohit set the fields for Ashwin right. and Deja in the first Test match. And I think you saw that, you know, there, there were periods where they were very, very conventional.
0: Well, I don't um, know if you've noticed, but he's actually a great observer of the he's game. He's a great
1: observer of the game. A uh, quick quiz question for you, because I was looking at some stats around what JSO might do this year. Uh, in the 21st century, which batter has scored the most Test runs before turning 23?
0: Uh, in the 21st century? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll come, come to that right at the end because I can't just reel okay. something off immediately. Okay,
1: well, that's it for part one. In part two, we'll talk more about England and we'll reveal the answer to that question. Show Bashir, first impressions, Phil?
0: I like it a lot. I can well understand why Stokes caught a clip on social media. I think the county championship. Uh, socials team played a blinder here. Is then what won it? Because I think they they posted up a clip of him taking taking a wicket for Somerset. No, they, they,
1: so it was it was more than that. They clipped up every ball that he bowled to Alistair Cook. Ah, so that, it was, was twenty five balls. Yes, 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 right, yeah. And we don't cover this in the pod yet. Uh, Stokes watches it on his Twitter feed, then puts it into a WhatsApp group that is just him, McCullum, and Key. And even at that point, he says something that we could work with in India. He's he's seen enough, and to be honest, I know a lot of people, ourselves included, were sort of gobsmacked at Bashir's selection. You know, ten wickets at sixty-seven. Um, I think that those numbers will, will will stick in our heads for a long time. But as soon as he started bowling today, you can see exactly why they they've gone for him. Uh, he's he's not just tall; that there is genuine guile there. Um, you made the point that he can vary his pace very comfortably. Without while any still, evidence. Without any evidence and also while still being able to exercise a reasonable amount of control. Um,
0: I, I think when the, when the pitch starts to spit a bit he's going to be lethal. The, his first wicket dream moment Rohit Sharma leg slip by the way Stokes nicely done. <laughs> 40 for naught. tickled around the corner taken decent catch by Oli Pope. When I saw it Monty Panasar 2006 Sachin Tendulkar I don't know if people have mentioned this or whatever but that's what it reminded me of that you pick out a young kid from the you know the backwaters of provincial county cricket you throw him in there and monty's first wicket was tendulkar in his own backyard on day 1 uh and Shoa Bashir picks up the great rohit sharma mm. um with one that turned again and gripped a little bit i think I think the beauty of his of his style, the arm is very perpendicular, so he makes the most of what he's got. Uh, and it comes on nicely with the arm. He, he pivots beautifully, especially when he goes round the wicket. Good right arm off-break bowlers bowl well round the wicket. Uh, and he gets a little bit of purchase, but he gets a lot of bounce. Uh, and he's relatively accurate as well. And I like, he's quite quick through his overs as well. And I like that, I like to see that. You don't get the sense that he's second-guessing himself or he's trying to work out the best tactical approach to what's just happened. Mm. And he's not especially showy.
1: He's got a very good stock ball, I think, well, that's at a it. very basic level. Like, that's you know, it. he's got a stock ball that you can really see how he's got the chances of not just surviving but thriving in test cricket. And, you know, people will look at it, who might not have watched much today, and think two, two for a hundred. He looked like what, the best bowler what, today. What, what, what are we talking about? But the most important column for me is Overs Bold. He bowled 28 overs today, 10 more than Hartley, who took seven in the second innings in Hyderabad. Uh, double the number of overs that Root Bold. Root actually had, had a pretty poor day with the ball, actually. He bowled, he bowled 30 overs, right? Uh, he bowled 28. 28 sorry, sorry. overs, yeah. Right. Um, so double the overs of Root, who was was expensive today. Um, Rohan bowled 16. I think all of them coming off the tee. He was curiously under bowled, not bowled at all, actually, until about over number 60. But they bowled very well um, in the final session. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought Bashir was very good today. Um, mm. Tom asks, how many consecutive hours of Anderson running in and bowling maidens could you watch? For me, the answer is infinite. Um, he-, he was excellent today as well. Um, 17 overs, uh, one for 30. Um, he was clocked to 86 miles per hour in the first session. And I don't think that was uh, a mistake because he was just below that for, for quite a long time as well. Um, as impeccable uh, with his control of length as ever. But a spell off the tee where it was six overs for six with the old ball. Um, and I'd argue, and I think we've made this point in the pub before, at this point of his career, forty-one. By the way, the first forty-one-year-old to both in a test match in India. Is that right? Yeah, he's more effective, relatively speaking, in these sort of conditions than he is at home because he is so skillful, and maybe the stamina isn't quite there as as, as maybe as it was four or five years ago, even. But in India, on these really flat pictures, this is where he can show off his his amazing array of skill, all the, all the weapons he's got at a disposal. And this is where it sort of makes a difference more than anywhere else.
0: Yeah. And, and look in, in a, in a series that is going to clatter along, uh, 17 overs one for 30 is a dream because you've got some, you know, Tyro spinners, young Turks at the other end, uh, who was finding their way. And one kid's going to have an off day and another kid's going to have a good day, but sometimes two are going to have an off day, but yeah. you can basically hang your hat on end. <laughs> You can blindfold him, put him at the top of his run up, and he'll bowl. He'll go at two and over. It's it, it's extraordinary. He, he couldn't move. But it's almost sort of mundane now because we've been talking about how <laughs> sort of unusual this is for, for years. But in this particular team, to have that virtue to be able to call upon, you can just suck the life out of a game when when the ball's gone flat and things aren't moving. That over that 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 spell six for six, six in six six runs from six overs. You you wouldn't be able to get that with any other player out there on the tour in the tour party, and that is it's essential. It's mm. essential in the modern game where batters are coming at you all the time. There is a there's a well, there's a force field around Anderson, and because of his age and because of his legendary status, whenever he comes onto the into the attack, players are looking at him thinking, "You're the, you're twice my age," <laughs> and it's little wonder that Shubman Gill pushes forward tentatively and Nick's one that just holds its line and it just moves just enough. The Glenn McGrath thing just moves enough.
1: That was a great bit of captaincy by the way. Um Stokes moves a man back onto the square leg boundary. So properly dupes him with the field. You know he, he just beaten Gill a couple of times that over. Well, I don't know if and you then, know he's a the really next, good observer. He's a, he's a very of the game. good observer of the game. Great observer of the game and then this one was just slightly fuller and wider um from Anderson. So I think I think Gill's body weight was just in in anticipation of a short delivery, so he yeah. just wasn't there for the yeah. for the for the slightly fuller one. And with, with Anderson, he, he's always deliberate when the length is just a little bit fuller. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't just happen to be that. Yeah. Um, his, his uh Anderson, his old stat for you, um, he has now played Test cricket, uh, both with someone born before JFK was shot, <laughs> and now with a pair of guys who were born after the start this of the Iraq is, War.
0: This is the Derek Randall <laughs> thing, isn't it? Right,
1: uh, well, that's 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 Stuart actually, right? Stuart was born, um, I think five six months before JFK was shot. That's um, magnificent, of course, because
0: his, his runs tally is his his, date yeah, of birth, so a- yeah. April 1963. 63, and yeah.
1: Rahan Ahmed and Bashir were. I don't think Anderson played with Bashir last winter, so this is the first time he took the field with him. Uh, both, both born after the breakout of, of the Iraq war. Um, I was, I was thinking during the session, during this day, rather, um, about a team composition because. You could look at it and think, well, if you have two Andersons and you know Robinson could have done a very similar job to Anderson, does that look very different? And I, and I get that, but I think England have picked a side to really attack the second innings. Mm. So England think that if they can get to a one mm. inning shootout, they've got the side. We know with the bat, they've got a clearer method when the pitch um, starts behaving in a more extreme fashion. They've also picked a bowling attack to really make sure, as you say, one of those guys, one of those young kids is going to have an off day One of those kids is likely to have a good day. They've picked a side for that innings. And I think they just sort of back themselves to just about get through these really flat conditions. You know, for the second game in a row, we're at the end of a day where it's been really flat. England have been okay with the ball. They haven't been great. And they've somehow burgled six wickets. Mm. I I said at the start of the day, when I watched the first half an hour, if England take six wickets here, that is a good day. Yeah, doesn't mean that they're they're on top by any means, but um, they've given themselves a, a fighting chance.
0: Um, Sh- Shreya Sire has been a bit frustrating. Yeah. Because he's he's fabulous to watch. He's got a reputation as being a master against against the turning ball. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously embryonic test career, but still given a sense of what he could become. He's, he's got this golden opportunity in the middle order with, with Virat, uh, stepping away for a couple of games. And he's been a bit ineffectual, really. Uh, and again, today, you know... St- Slightly unlucky, possibly, in that you get an under edge on a cut shot. But still, he didn't quite look comfortable. Um, so that, it'll be a big second innings for him because there'll be selection questions. We assume Virat is back for that third test match. So there'll be a lot of, lot of questions yeah. around the composition of the team. And, and it's a big second innings for him coming up. Very good catch by folks, by the way, Brilliant for that catch. wicket. Really good catch. Stayed low on it. Didn't react to the shot. And Hartley, who had a you know slightly in and out day, really... Um, was taken to the cleaners a bit by Jaiswal, as was everyone, but very good catch. And that was quite a key moment in the game, really, because I think they were 170 for two. Mm. And at that point, you're thinking India have got to go on and really punish England at that point, as it was 330 for six. Mm. In England won the second half of that game.
1: Definitely. Uh, Richard asked, did you know that you could bowl more than 90 overs in a day? I thought, it was Didn't it feel ma- weird? I thought it was a maximum of 90. Um <laughs> it felt so strange yeah it was really strange. especially because england had been england was so slow in Hyderabad. yeah because even with four spinners they were behind the rate um, yeah. i think you're right to pick out bashir as someone who fires through his overs um mm. but also they yeah. t- picked
0: up a wicket in the 92nd over yeah of the yes, day good point a very good and i was point. saying to gardner who's obviously exuberantly optimistic still desperately in love with everything he was saying oh they just want to get as many overs in because they love the game and they they, they love their test cricket i said no they'll just drag the arse out of it and get to 90 overs and walk off bang on bang on 11 o'clock or whatever the time mm. is out there uh, he's right i'm wrong not for the first time and they picked up a wicket in the 92nd
1: um you got a chance to be to be right here so that oh, that, yeah. that, that quiz question most runs before turning 23 in the 21st century
0: oh Oh, I don't know. Cook?
1: He's second. He's, he's Go on then, a tell mere me. 79 runs off top spot. It's Ram Nuresh Sarwan. Blimey. He scored 2,000 runs at 38 before turning uh, 23. And I think that doesn't even... When did he make his debut? He did make his debut in the 21st century, to be fair. but yeah, I, it... Curious career, right? Remember, I can't believe we're uh, on <laughs> on an India England daily. But, you know, his is West Indies career ended when he was 31 with a test match average of 40. Yeah,
0: I Um, interviewed him once. Um, He was in bed uh, in a hotel, really ill. He would got sick and he was sleeping through the afternoon. Um, But the press man nonetheless woke him up. (laughs) And I sat at the end of his bed and he was under the covers just with the top of his head poking out and his two diamond earrings, uh, coughing and splattering into his own duvet. And we had a nice, nice interview chat, 20 minutes while he was basically carked out in his own bed it was, a, it was one of the more surreal afternoons yeah. I spent in this job
1: <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to which uh, random it was quite a musty figure from room the as early as well. 2000s that, that, that we get onto tomorrow uh, anyway that is everything for today cheers Phil uh, the test match is delicately poised uh, join us at the same time cliche alert
0: delicately poised jo-
1: join us at the same time tomorrow
0: Podcast Network.